Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What is up? Welcome to Friday, February 12th edition of Roughing the Kicker, a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast on ArrowheadReport.com. I'm your host, Tucker Franklin, and joining me today, he is the host of Almost Entirely Sports on Sports Radio 810. He is the co-host of Times Ours for The Athletic, and he is the editor-in-chief for ArrowheadReport.com. It is the pod father, Joshua Briscoe. Josh, how you doing today, my man? I'm doing okay, all things considered. I do have a giant bottle of TB12 avocado tequila in the kitchen just as soon as we wrap this up. That's where I'm going to be pretty much the entire weekend. But as of right now, all things considered, I'm fine. Yeah, I think that's probably a good way to put it. I think a disclaimer before like this whole week has been all things considered, I guess I'm okay. Um, It's been kind of a, a... it's been an awful week. It's been a bad sports week and a worse real week. So that, <laughs> it's just been kind of layers on layers in that regard. It's, yeah, not ideal. Honestly, I was sort of making a joke strictly about the Chiefs losing the Super Bowl. And then there's everything else. So yeah, it's been a toughie. Mm-hmm. It has indeed. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, he entered surgery on Wednesday. We didn't talk about that on yesterday's podcast because we didn't really know the results of the surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, he went in with... a acclaimed foot doctor uh, yes. dr robert anderson i wonder what you have to do to be an acclaimed foot doctor how long Great do you question. have to be that's uh, such a... a foot doctor yeah i don't know i mean i think you have to have a series of like high profile foot repairs that go well mm-hmm. definitely no big uh-ohs i mean you gotta have absolutely everybody's got to come out of those surgeries with all 10 toes still i think that's a key part of it that's probably a big deal i'd say yeah, I um think so. <laughs> But as Dr. Robert Anderson is known for, Patrick Mahomes came out with a better toe. Um, yes. Hope as reported that yes. he no <laughs> issues. And uh, I think um, Ian Rappaport made a little cheeky joke after uh, after it happened. He's like, now he's going to be rehabbing by chasing a kid around. And I was like, okay, Ian, newborns don't walk. So <laughs> no, that that tweet came out when we were live on almost entirely sports on Wednesday night, and uh, I immediately started asking Beards and Rudy like, hey. When do babies start walking? Because I don't, if Patrick Mahomes isn't fully rehabbed until that baby is running in circles, the Chiefs have a much bigger problem than we thought they did. I totally agree. Um, yeah, but that, that gave me a good chuckle because I was like, I know he was being good hearted and it was a, it was a like lighthearted little thing. But man. So but also, it's... you'd think that, I mean, like he's a really good reporter. You'd think he would have uh-huh. his facts straight, you know, on just how long it takes for babies to start doing jumping jacks. But whatever. Does he have kids? That's probably no a weird idea. question to ask on this podcast, but I no maybe matter either. If he does, if he does, they were they they launched out of the womb and immediately were doing like backflips. Like he had very acrobatic newborns, I guess, or none at all. Yeah, when you think about chasing and chasing a kid around, like they've got to be like running. Like a, a kid's got to be at least a good toddle uh, for yeah. you to be able to chase them. So I, I don't know what the, he was. The thought process was here. I think if you've got an aggressive crawler, and if they're just out there, just army crawling twenty four seven, like you got to worry about corners of tables and stuff. So I think maybe, maybe you could kind of walk it back to that point. But it's still like, yeah, I, 
Patrick Mahomes was constantly being chased by a 900-pound man who runs a 3-5-40 in Vita Vea during the Super Bowl. I'd like to think that he could keep up with his baby, you know? I would like to think so. And and we've heard a lot of <laughs> a lot of takes um, coming from the national media uh, after this game. And, and we anticipated hearing takes after this game. I know I, I listened to part of your post-game show after I was kind of done doing all the post-game stuff at, at Arrowhead Report. And do you think that this whole national take kind of piling on Patrick Mahomes came a little sooner than you expected? Maybe. That's an interesting way of phrasing it. I think it came a little bit sooner than I expected, but it's because they need someone to do that with. And I'm not even really like all about villainizing the national media in a huge over-the-top sense because a lot of national media folks have spent the last several days going, actually, Patrick Mahomes was pretty good in a really difficult situation here, and his hype has gotten no too far ahead of schedule. Like, he has earned all that hype. But I think I can honestly explain it in two, in two forms, one in a short way, and a second in a little bit more longer form. The first thing is, Everybody can't be right all at once. You're just that's sort of sports media. It's the argument culture and it's all the TV shows. You got to have people who have different opinions and at some point some of those are going to be really dumb. Like Patrick Mahomes threw his teammates under the bus. Look at this 7-second clip of a minute-long answer from after the Super Bowl. That's just foolishness trying to find something to be that guy about. The the, the larger scope though that maybe goes more back to your original question is that Patrick Mahomes is already LeBron James. Like, that's just actually where we're at at this point. LeBron has always had to play against history. Now, Mahomes got to play against Brady twice in the playoffs and lost both of those games, which is going to come up in a somewhat fair dimension at least. But but LeBron is always, he's always marked up against the scope of, of Michael Jordan and everything that he was and is and will forever be to a certain type of person who was a fan during that time. You also have LeBron losing MVPs to Giannis, like who is an excellent basketball player, but we've got LeBron fatigue, man. We know that dude has been the best thing in that sport for an unspeakably long time, and you just kind of go, well, yeah, but other than LeBron, who's really moving the needle the most here? Patrick Mahomes in three years as a starter has already eclipsed that point where he is now the guy you're taking aim at, the guy that it's a hot take to say, well, maybe he's not by far the best thing in the sport right now. And honestly, if you're a Chiefs fan listening to this and that all really frustrates you, I get it. It's frustrating to listen to bad takes and bad information. Here's the, the silver lining. You get to spend the next decade, if you want, talking about how Patrick Mahomes is essentially LeBron and that's your hot take. And you get to have that forever knowing that your hot take is actually true. It's actually correct. He is actually the best player in the sport by a healthy little margin. And you can say whatever you want about Tom Brady in the scope of history or Josh Allen getting as many MVP votes as Patrick Mahomes, twice as many MVP votes as Patrick Mahomes. The, that kind of strange, ridiculous math and those terrible takes are going to happen for as long as Patrick Mahomes is in the league. He's never going to get the unanimous, like, he's clearly the GOAT that Tom Brady gets because Brady got to be that without any real competition over the last five or six years in terms of, of playoff success. So I think that it is a frustrating time to watch these conversations get so far out of hand for no good reason, but I don't think it has to ruin your day because you can know that they're going to be wrong over the scope of things, and you can be here in the little corner trying to remind everyone that Patrick Mahomes is still actually the best player in football. I totally agree with that. I talked for quite a long time there. It's okay. It's totally okay. That's why we have you on, so you can talk for a long time. But Jordan started this thing where uh, we don't we don't interact with bad tweets anymore. 
We just screenshot. Can that. I say something? Can I? Can I? Can I? Yes. Break some news actually on this front. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Jordan didn't start that. Oh what? Jordan got a very good idea from someone who was doing that on Twitter, who might even be on this podcast right now, who isn't Tucker D. Franklin. Wow. I'll say perhaps popularized by Jordan Foote. That's fine. You know, uh, Johnny Cash didn't write Hurt. Maybe maybe Jordan's covering my excellent song and has put his own nasty twist on it. But that is not a, a footnoted original. I want to make that clear. As first Can't reported. he's hid that from you. On Roughing the Kicker. Yeah. Um, wow. Um, I knew we were going to break news eventually on this podcast. I knew this was a breaking news podcast. I had a, I had a feeling in my bones when that happened. But so we don't we don't interact with these bad tweets. Also, more breaking news. I've got a picture of Ian Rappaport with what appears to be a wife and two children. So more breaking okay. news. He just wasn't paying super close attention to the timelines, I guess. He just wanted a cheeky joke is what it was. He just wanted to, to throw in that his girlfriend is pregnant. So congrats to Patrick Mahomes it- and Brittany. It is so weird. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, it, sorry, it is so weird to see Ian Rappaport in a t-shirt. It is jarring. Mm. This man lives in a suit. I've never seen him not in a suit. I saw him at uh, Chiefs camp two years ago, and he was at least like in a polo. But like t-shirt Ian Rappaport, yeah. it's, you know, t-shirt Ian Rappaport can't hurt you. He's not real. And then you open it like, oh, God, that's, that's him and all of his children who are apparently running at age zero. I remember seeing a, an interview on the on the. Uh, that is jarring. It's, it's really, not, that's not even a T-shirt. No, it's that's like, like a, a like cut-off baseball shirt. Yeah, it's almost like it definitely is a baseball shirt, but it ends right above the elbow. Can you see if you can get? You've been really good at getting good guests on this show. Do you want to see if uh, if you can get Rappaport on to just ask him about how what age his kids start running around and what it's like for us <laughs> yes. to see him in a T-shirt. That's the goal, and I will ask him. I'll I'll send him in the in the email. I'll say, please come on the podcast with a t shirt on, um, no suits, please. Um, and I, hopefully he grants my request with that with that uh, disclaimer on it. But uh, I saw Tom Pelissaro. He's another one of those NFL Network guys that is always in a suit too. And yes. he did an interview for the Pat McAfee show, and he was in like a hoodie. And I was like, hang on a second, like right, is that these allowed? guys actually wear like different clothes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's jarring, absolutely jarring. To see, it's it's you know, kind of like the seeing your teacher in in the grocery exactly. store thing, yep. except for I was homeschooled, so that wasn't really a problem for me until like at least partway through high school. So weird yeah. reference for me to make, but I get it, you know, I understand. It's like seeing your teacher in your kitchen. It's <laughs> <laughs> too easy. That was too so easy. Funny. That was funny. <laughs> it's good. I like it. Oh, My man. mom's not gonna listen to this. It's okay. Yeah, maybe she will. Love you, mom. Maybe, maybe, she's, maybe she will. She's, she's still subscribed that. to the feed. Ooh, good question. Possibly. I don't yeah. know. I'm not. I'm she's definitely like, not gonna like send it to her. But if I find out that she was listening, I'll let you know. And she she probably was like, oh, "Who's this Tucker Franklin guy? I'll, just, I'll subscribe from this right now." Um, Most, still, she, you're no your name's still on it though. That's the thing. <laughs> and also, it's gonna be it's gonna be in it in the description or whatever this time. So maybe that'll get her to get her to click or maybe she's maybe she's a huge tucker franklin fan and she's gonna skip over the episodes with me in them i don't know that's a good point um never really thought about that but yeah. maybe we can get your mom on the podcast if she's a huge mvl off um, off season off season uh i think that'd be great 
hey, you know, off season is nothing's off limits in the off season. That's um, true. I've I've quickly found that out because yeah. we are how many days into the off season? This is Friday. We're a week into the off season. I, oh. I've already run into things where like, okay, uh, what am I going to do next? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's tough. Like, I mean, I'm kind of at that point where right now it's like. This weekend is going to be nice because there's just nothing going on. All it is Valentine's Day, so we're going to have to figure out what I'm doing there. I don't know. We'll see. But, like, there's there's a little bit of kind of a, a exhale and then inhale back in again kind of thing. But then starting, like, maybe Monday, we're kind of back at that point of, like, all right, so who wants to write about the salary cap? It's like, oh, <laughs> man, we're going to have to do that so much this year. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be good. Uh, so free agency doesn't start till I think it's March 17th. I've been rattling off that date uh, a lot on the podcast. Um, and then I think, uh, what is it, franchise tag window starts like next week, February 23rd or something like See, that. Like, is um, there somebody then, that they're going to franchise tag? I, have, like, I haven't even thought about that yet. Honestly, right. it hasn't even crossed my mind. And I think uh, uh, we, as a collective unit at Roughing the Kicker, have done a good job of <laughs> boxing out the negativity, I guess. So when the Super Bowl happened, we're like, Okay, that sucked. That game yeah. was awful to watch. And mm-hmm. so now we're talking about the draft. Um, yeah. I think that we haven't spent a whole lot of time talking about it. We spent two episodes. But, um, I mean, it was tough. And, you know, there was a lot of things from the Tampa Bay's parade. Uh, what was that, on Wednesday that they had their parade? Where yes. uh, Bruce Arians yes. was saying stuff. And everyone was drunk and saying stuff. And yes. you know how it goes. Everyone knows how that goes. And and I think sometimes Chiefs fans took it a little personal. And rightfully so, because those are things directed at their team. But hey, if you if you dish it out, you got to be able to take it. That's exactly it. And so look, the the Bruce Arians thing. First of all, he was saying, "Run it back." That's Kansas City's bull bleep. That that's my, just like my Bruce Arians impression. Yeah. It's also Larry. But <laughs> get her done. I'm Bruce Arians. What? Why is what happened? But I mean, he's saying we're not gonna run it back. We're gonna go for two. He's essentially saying we're not gonna ch- take the Chiefs slogan. And if he went up there and he would have said, "Hey, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna run it back. Get her done." Then Chiefs fans would also be mad because he's like, "He's taking our slogan that we didn't right. fully get to accomplish." So like, I-, I think you just gotta let some of that stuff go. For me, my favorite example of what you just said is the uh, it was Winfield who threw up the peace sign mm-hmm. back at Tyreek Hill. Tyreek in the regular season in a regular season game. During a play, in a live play, Tyreek Hill stopped, turned around at the goal line, and then he went into the goal line, over the goal line, broke the plane backwards with the ball in his hand, backflipping from in play into the end zone during a play in a regular season game. So then Anton Winfield comes up and hits him with the peace sign, hits him with the deuces uh, after a play whenever the Super Bowl is clearly in the bag. And, and you know what Tyreek Hill did about that? Not a ding dang thing. Cause you can't if you can if you want to dish it out, whenever you're on the wrong side of it, you gotta be able to take it. And that and that's fine. The, the Chiefs had no problem with that anywhere that I I didn't see the Chiefs come out anywhere saying like, oh, they were whatever, poor sports. Tyron Matthew, you know, said Tom Brady was yakking at him. He was yakking at him back. Like that stuff happens. Um, I, I couldn't I really couldn't possibly care less about Bruce Arians saying at the podium with the Bud Light in his hand that they have the best team in football because they won the Super Bowl. Like, that's what happens. That's how it works. The, the, to the winner goes the spoils, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there was, we played this on, on Wednesday on Almost Entirely Sports. Um, we, we played the, the Bruce Arians audio, and then Rudy said that, uh, he said that, you know what that reminds me of? Reminds me of Johnny Gomes the, at the Royals parade 
uh, after after they won the World Series. He was going, we didn't have the Cy Young winner, beat him. We didn't have the Rookie of the Year, beat him. We didn't have the MVP, beat him. And he was just working through that whole list of guys. It's like, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't taking a dump on all of those dudes' careers. They just beat him. And so they got the parade and the celebration. So I, you're going to have a really hard time finding many situations kind of in the the sportsmanship realm or whatever. You're going to find me clutching my pearls. It's just not, it's just not something that really bothers me. And also I think, think about, we, this is a little bit behind the curtain, but like we had conversations about like, can we come up with a t-shirt that has like Tyree kills peace sign on it? This sort of (laughs) chiefs, you know, like colors or whatever, because it's a good idea. It's a good design and chiefs fans would wear that with pride. That is a taunt. That is that is literally literally one digit away from a from an obscene gesture, and it's basically the same message. It's basically peace out, bleep you. I'm gonna go score real quick. See you for the two point conversion or whatever. That's just it's fun whenever your team does it, and it's poor sportsmanship whenever the other team does it. They're professionals, and we're all adults. It's okay. Everybody breathe out. I know you, I know you're upset. They lost the Super Bowl. That stunk. Don't get mad at Tom Brady for throwing the Lombardi Trophy from one boat to another because that was also kind of scary and also very cool. It was cool, but the only reason he completed it is because it wasn't 20 yards downfield. Uh, <laughs> Good joke. I like that. That's too fun. easy. It's too easy. Uh, these stuff, these these jokes write themselves essentially. Yeah, um, a, it was a check down. I saw somebody tweeted out that even if they would have dropped it, the refs would have thrown a flag and he would have gotten another try at it. So... <laughs> It's fine. We're not hurt and bitter about it. It's fine. That game was jarring. Uh, Josh, I haven't really gotten the opportunity to really talk to you about this game. Yeah. Um, so this might seem like, you know, a couple... This seems like a podcast that's overdue, essentially. But I I was physically, I think, jarred by that game. And and yeah. you look at, you know, who what Greg Cassell was saying. He says, you know, Mahomes moved unnecessarily and cost... Mm teams and he didn't see pressure when pressure was there the dude was pressured 31 times you're gonna tell me he didn't see pressure when he was pressured 31 times then marcellus wiley saying you know patrick mahomes is in regression um he's gonna be first and right about this and he compared mahomes's 31 pressures to rogers 16 pressures and said oh well look what rogers did with 16 pressures mahomes had 31 and this is what he did um it just goes back to the larger conversation we were having earlier yeah how how physically jarring was that game to you when you saw all that happening? Because I know when we watch Chiefs games, both you and I, okay, the Chiefs are really never out of it. But it yep. kind of felt like, you know, midway through that third quarter, you thought, all right, they're not going to be able to do it. I, I think that's when I was like, this isn't going to happen. The touchdown before the half threw a real wrench in my expectations. And then in the third part, through the third quarter, it yeah, it started to feel like, oh, this is the first time that I would like bet against them being able to do this, which is something that is just almost never said out loud. Um, to to your point about the 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 clip that you're referring to and everything, or the clips, I guess it does go back to the larger point earlier that I think that we're gonna find you're gonna find reasons. Skip Bayless is always gonna find reasons to say LeBron sucks. You're all, someone's gonna find a reason to say that Pey, that that, that uh, Patrick Mahomes sucks. It's gonna it happens to great players all the time. And it's stupid, but also that's something that I think Kansas City uh, is going to have to get more used to, like just what that Mm -hmm. feels like. Not that you have to just take it always, but like that your team and your quarterback is good enough that that is a way that people can be counterculture is to say that you're, it's actually, he's actually not the best player in the sport. 
But to like the idea that he wasn't if if I want to be extremely generous for what Cosell said, there may have been a couple of snaps where Mahomes was expecting pressure that did not immediately wreck his entire bleep because it happened half the time he did drop back and eventually you lose a little bit of faith in your offensive line. This is one one of the like incredibly small little nits we had picked with uh, with Patrick Mahomes over the last couple of years is that there were some times where he would drift too far back in the pocket and he would make life a little more difficult for his tackles because they're trying to block to a certain depth and he was going back another level. That typically came after he was losing a little bit of trust in, in the, the front three, the interior linemen in front of him. And sometimes you've got to be you've got to be really really intentional about not not allowing a couple bad snaps to throw off your mindset the entire for the entire game and for that entire uh type of of drop back where you're thinking oh man are they gonna are, am i gonna lose the depth of my pocket i was talking to god i can't remember who this might have been ldt it might have been mitch i think i was talking to ldt uh, back last season or two seasons ago now i guess i don't know mm. super bowl season and I was just talking, I, I had talked to a couple of the offensive linemen about just some offensive line stuff. This is not in super inside information or super like, you, you probably know this, but I'm sure some people don't. I don't, I, I like the way that they, that they phrased it, which was, look, the, the interior offensive line sets the depth of the pocket and the, the ends, the, the tackles hold the, the width of the pocket. And so if you don't trust the depth of your pocket to, to stay somewhere near the line of scrimmage, well, then, yeah, you're going to be trying to bail out and create something crazy, which Mahomes is incredibly good at. I The idea, though, that he, like, was bailing too soon after playing one of the most distressed games of quarterback I've ever seen ever in any sport on any level. I mean, he was he was the... the, the a call on the postgame show made this point. Here's what, here's what it was like. It was watching Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech against LSU in that bowl game. Yep. Uh, if you want more reading on this, uh, our friend Seth Kaiser wrote about it about a year ago after the Super Bowl last year. He went back and looked at that game. And he was like, here's when I knew what I expected from Patrick Mahomes. Because he was out there with with lesser talent at every turn. There ended up being like a dozen NFL future NFL players on the LSU defense. And, you know, some of them were UDFAs who, who got into the league and some of them were high picks and all that stuff. But he was so overmatched in that game, and he was making magic happen regardless, even though it's it it wasn't it wasn't enough because there's still such a gap there to overcome. That's how the Super Bowl felt, and that the, the Texas Tech LSU game was not Patrick Mahomes' fault, and nobody ever would have argued that it was. But it's because he wasn't Patrick Mahomes then; he was the quarterback at Texas Tech. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, 
working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Yeah, I think that I think you nailed it right there. And we've talked about that a lot. And, and Patrick Mahomes is going to catch on fair criticism. I think that's just, the, you know, the, the nature of the beast uh, yep. with him being the, the greatest player um, on the field at really any moment. And, and I think that people like to call it excuses, though, right? That's what they're they're turning into. Well, the offensive line was, you know, third stringers. Oh, that's an excuse. Well, Tyreek right. Hill dropped a touchdown pass. That's an excuse. Darrell Williams had a ball hit him in the face mask on fourth down when Patrick, Patrick Mahomes was literally horizontal to the ground. The ball hit him throw. in the face mask. and He, he almost it. made that touchdown pass to Pringle, which I, I re-watched that play earlier today. Because yep. uh, also Seth had mentioned that he thought that was actually closer to being a touchdown than it seemed even in real time. Pringle got like jammed a little bit down there. If he would have had a free path, that ball was in play. That ball was catchable. Travis Kelsey dropped a long third down conversion mm-hmm. that would have been that he doesn't drop. I mean, this is not a this is not me telling you that, that Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey suck. They just had maybe their worst games in the Patrick Mahomes era on the biggest stage. Yeah. And I believe it was on your show on on Wednesday night where you talked about the bulk of the offense coming from Travis Kelsey and uh, Tyreek Hill. Um, And and I think that that's very interesting, and we've talked about this on previous podcasts, even this week, how the Chiefs really do need to find a wide receiver too. Uh, That's really was brought to the forefront, I think, in this game, was the Chiefs need a second option at wide receiver because this was the first time you're like, okay, who else other than Kelsey and Hill do the Chiefs have for this offense? Because it seemed like Patrick Mahomes was out there doing things by himself, and when you double cover Hill and you double cover Kelsey, there's nothing else there. There was nothing else there. So here's, here's the stat on that. So it's some, some back-of-the-napkin math, but I, I, it is original research. Uh, Patrick Mahomes threw for a total of 595 yards in the AFC Championship game at Super Bowl this year. 496 of those yards went to Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. 83% of the passing yards went to two players over two games. And, and I totally agree with what you just said. Here's why that sentence, though, is, like, devastating from sort of a roster construction standpoint. Sammy Watkins didn't play in the AFC Championship game, and he clearly wasn't 100% in the Super Bowl. This is not a criticism of Sammy Watkins, but that is a part of the equation for him at this point. You just expect that he's going to miss a bunch of games, and you hope it's not playoff games. Last year it wasn't. This year it was. McCole Hardman was a second-round pick. I thought coming into this year, I was all aboard the McCole Hardman hype train. I was... Just wrong. I just ha- I just got that one wrong. I thought another year in the system, another year with the offense, another year with Patrick Mahomes, that some of those never-on-the-same-page things would get ironed out, that he'd be entrusted with a larger workload. It didn't happen. He's got all the talent in the world. I, I'm at a point now where if it ends up coming around, I will be thrilled and I will be pleasantly surprised that McCole Hardman ends up being this team's second wide receiver. I think in... in all likelihood at this point, he's a guy, as we've seen these last several games, where Andy Reid has three plays for him in the first 15, and then he might get a target in the third quarter. It's like, wow, why is that happening? Well, because manufacturing touches for Hardman is is super justifiable and way easier than him actually finding a spot in the defense later on in the game. So there's those two guys. There's also Demarcus Robinson, who they brought back on a one-year deal. Part of his allure was, well, he at least knows where he's supposed to be. He had that that pick that he allowed by not coming back to the ball earlier in the season, which is really silly or not, is one of the only things I remember about his, his 2020 season. 
didn't show up at all in the Super Bowl AFC Championship game. Just a total non-factor. They draft Clyde Edwards-Elaire. You remember basically a wide receiver or whatever. Um, he never got used in the passing game this year in a way that I was really surprised by. And if you were going to find, if I was going to build an argument for, you know, here's where that first round pick was worth it at a position that has such a hard time really bringing that kind of value, it's, well, Damian Williams was a big part of the passing game. And if they think they can get a better Damian Williams in terms of, of, of catching passes and everything, then maybe that opens up the offense in another way. That never happened. Daryl Williams was the third down back all year because they could trust him in pass protection in a way that they clearly never did for Clyde. And it, it's, it does seem in some ways kind of silly to say that how we've talked for two off seasons about Dion Yelder, uh, Nick Kaiser, Ricky Steels Jones, uh, Blake, oh God, Blake Bell. I forgot his name. How quickly we forget. <laughs> um, Super Bowl, Super Bowl champion Blake Bell. We we spent off seasons talking about those guys. It seems kind of silly to talk about an offense with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey needing another weapon. But the whole point of everyone else, every one of those other names that we mentioned, was hey, can you beat single coverage? Like, can you can you beat man? Can you can you beat your guy? Because if teams leave Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill even single covered, we're good. Don't you could you could stay home if that ends up happening. You don't even need you at the stadium. But if you get exactly what the Bucks were doing to Hill and Kelsey, who is going to take advantage of that? And the answer in the Super Bowl and the answer in the AFC Championship game was nobody. And and so I I think there's a fine line to walk. I think that you this isn't really a criticism and it really isn't even directly related to Patrick Mahomes. But I, I don't think you can say Patrick Mahomes didn't get any help whenever he's got Andy Reid, Ty- Tyree Kill, and Travis right. Kelsey. Like he's got two of the best receiving weapons in, in football and maybe the best offensive mind in football. But I also don't want to look back in five years and compare Patrick Mahomes to Aaron Rodgers and go, well, Aaron Rodgers had, he ended up having Devontae Adams, who ended up being that dude. But even before that, I mean, we're talking about, uh, like, I think the, the end of Greg Jennings' time in, in Green Bay, I think he probably caught more passes from Brett Favre than he did from Aaron Rodgers. I don't, I'm, maybe not. I might have my timelines there mixed up. I might be forgetting that, that Rodgers has been around for a sneaky long time. But you, you do want to say that elite quarterbacks can find can create a third weapon where Demarcus Robinson should be able to have a hundred yard game if four defenders, every bleeping player, devoted to two other two players on your offense. Also, whenever all it takes to get to the quarterback is three or four passers, that's another defensive back that's back there making things harder for everyone in the secondary. So it really all plays together in that regard. I think a lot of the conversation, too, is what, from what I've already heard is, well, the Bucks just put out the blueprint. This is the blueprint right here. You, right. The blueprint is have really good pass rushers, uh, amazing linebackers, and really good coverage corners and safeties. I guess that's the blueprint is to have some dudes on your defense. Um, because a lot of people are going to say, oh, yeah, the Bills tried the exact same thing, right? The Bills yep. played almost the exact same defense, and it did not work for them. What happened with the Buccaneers is the Buccaneers have some dudes. Devin White is a dude. You know, yep. they've got one of the greatest defensive lines in the NFL. Um, and they've got a really good secondary, too. And they've invested in that secondary with a bunch of high picks in the draft, and it's paid off for them. Uh, that that defense is good. And I think the last time the Chiefs played the Bucks, I don't think they were fully healthy in the secondary and obviously playing them already one time this season helped Todd Bowles figure out what he needed to do. And I think, 
you know, obviously having that extra week of preparation for Patrick Mahomes helped the, the Bucks too. Um, I, I don't like when people say once, you know, I've heard, oh, you can give Todd Bowles credit, but this is actually Patrick Mahomes' fault. That's that's the big conversation that's going on. It's not it's not the Bucks' defense that did this. It was Patrick Mahomes not being good enough, and that once again goes into the conversation that we're having. But it's just frustrating that people now think that they figured out how to beat Patrick Mahomes by having really good players on defense. So two things. One, Greg Jennings mostly played with Aaron Rodgers. A couple of years with Favre, I think, at the beginning there. Wow. But then it ended up being mostly with Aaron Rodgers. Secondly, yeah, here's the thing. You know who else put out the blueprint on the Chiefs? The Niners. Last last Super Bowl. Yep. How many times did that blueprint come up again? The Chargers got kind of close in that first matchup to, to making that work because they had a Bosa, which is what you have to you have to pretty much have a Bosa. Or now you can have Vita Vea consuming everyone he was like moving around that dude's nine thousand pounds and he wears number 50 it's so he good. and justin houston wore the same number like it's <laughs> silly um but yeah so but the, here's the reason that the niners blueprint didn't work out they you can only they only could do it for three and a half quarters basically mm-hmm. the buccaneers were able to do it pretty much for four, four full quarters in part because their pass rush was even more dominant than the niners was especially because again late in that game uh, Eric Fisher got better. That pass rush weakened a little bit for the Niners in last year's Super Bowl. That never happened this year because none of those offensive linemen ever got their game breaker. You know, and it just never, it just never got better. But the other thing is, is the Buccaneers' offense was scoring points. Yep. If the Niners would have, would have taken advantage of more of their offensive opportunities through the first three quarters of of last year's Super Bowl, we would probably be talking about Patrick Mahomes having zero rings. We would be talking about the Chiefs still being cursed, and they're now on fifty-two years or whatever without a Super Bowl. But they weren't able to, and, and honestly, also, I don't think the Chiefs' defense played a bad game against the Bucs, for the record. Uh, they had some really tough moments, and a, and a couple tough moments make a bad game. I understand that. Overall, they did not get throttled in this game. They they had uh, a really bad sequence at the end of the first half, and then the Buccaneers basically forced them to play a certain way, which was bring right. out a sixth lineman. Now you can, you can run the ball if you want. But the sixth lineman means you're probably bringing another linebacker back out on the field. We saw against the Bills, the Chiefs do not want to play a bunch of linebackers. They would like to play six defensive backs and a linebacker and, and, and four yep. down linemen, ideally. Huge nickel and dime defense. Um, so with with that understood, again, I, I really don't think that—I I think the Chiefs' defense ended up getting the raw deal here. Mm-hmm. But the idea that it's some sort of blueprint, I just— yeah, I mean it's 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 the most obvious answer to the test ever. It's to have a dom- to have not even just dominant pass rushers to win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball in an outrageously dominant fashion. I I I don't think that typically speaking, you know, the running game decides games. I don't think there's a lot of stuff that I think we spend more time on than than that uh, having the quarterback right means you can just skip that part. Right. If your quarterback can't do the quarterback things, then all of a sudden everything else comes into hyper focus. And the Bucks were winning pretty much every position other than quarterback in this game. And I, I have said this multiple times. I'll say it again. I don't even think Tom Brady was the most valuable quarterback in this game. He was the winning quarterback. And so him getting Super Bowl MVP is totally fine. Whatever. They weren't going to give it to the whole defensive. I don't really care. I don't really. It doesn't really bother me. But but Patrick Mahomes was making chicken salad and out of other stuff out of chicken leavings that if you can turn the rest of the Kansas City Chiefs into chicken bleep then yeah there's your blueprint 
I, I think that's a, that's a really good point. When it comes to the Chiefs defense, I wanted to kind of talk to you about that before I let you go. Um, sure. We've had a longer conversation than I thought I was going to, but I think it's well needed. Um, it's one of those things where, like... I forget that this show is shorter than, than my... Sometimes... Yeah. The last okay. couple of, of AESs, the first segment's been, like, 35 minutes. Wednesday night... We had a three-hour show that we just talked for so long that we ended up doing it over the course of six segments instead of nine. It's just I, I forget sometimes there are restraints around how long people are supposed to talk. Well, really, really, I put these restraints on the show, and I think that I think this is but one with, of the like, things. But with logic, not for no reason. So it's, okay, whatever, fair yeah. enough. Um, I think that this is one of those situations where you, we like moved on quick, and then you move on, and then you start thinking about it. You're like, wait a minute, I think I need to revisit that because. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that that's kind of what's happening right here is like I need to revisit this and rehash this um, yeah. for some for some more closure because we moved on so quickly. This is absolutely the relationship in high school that you didn't think was going to stick with you for that long, and you realize like, oh wow, that actually I should talk about that. I need to go to therapy. But that <laughs> yeah. but this podcast is your sports therapy. This is Chiefs therapy right now, and I want to talk yeah. about the defense because you mentioned the defense kind of getting a raw deal. A lot of people like to say, oh well, the Chiefs only got four pressures, which rightfully so. I don't think that that is a very good stat. But the Chiefs' defense thrives off of this Chiefs' offense. Um, Once they can pin their ears back and they know that the offense is cooking, Steve Spagnuolo dials up those blitzes. They can, you know, blitz the quarterback, get all their pressures. This defense is completely different. Now, with the offense not cooking the way it was, they had to change things up. They couldn't blitz. They couldn't send multiple people to the quarterback. And that gave Tom Brady all the time in the world to find guys 10 yards downfield so they can run 50 yards downfield. Um, Right. I'm gonna pound that narrative until it fall until the wheels fall off of it. Just As so you I know. Think it's, and you, the wheels are gonna fall off that narrative before the wheels fall off Tom Brady, who's going to be do this doing this until we're forty. I th- I'm pretty sure. Um, it's actually quite astonishing what Tom Brady's doing. I know I got on your show and I said I was tired of talking about Tom Brady, um, which I mean, it's we've been talking about it for as long as I've been alive, and. Yeah. Um, it's quite insane what he's been able to do. It's, Seven rings? That's more than any franchise in the NFL. Like, that's absurd. It's in, It's incredible. I mean, like, in a way in a way that I don't... It's not even really fun to, like, hate on anymore. Because you want to mention... I'm going to go back to my LeBron narrative. The one thing I think we really busted with LeBron over his entire career to this point is that we talk so much about how he's not Michael Jordan. We forget to talk about the fact that we're watching an alien dominate a sport. Like... Right. It's hard to appreciate Brady whenever he's directly responsible for so many of our uh, sports depressions, mm. but it is true that, like, it's absolutely incredible. I think that's heartbreaking just to see it come to Brady. I know I, I know a lot of people that I talked to after the game, a lot of Chiefs fans were like, yeah, winning the Super Bowl, like, that sucked, but it sucked even more it coming to Tom Brady. And, yeah. like, just having that guy stand on the podium again and hold a trophy up, you're just like, golly, when is it going to end? Throwing it from boat to boat. <laughs> right. I know I said that shouldn't bother you earlier, but I just thought about it again. And maybe it bothers <laughs> me a little bit. I don't know why. We're rehashing feelings on, on the yes. back end of this podcast. Do you want me to talk about the defense? I feel like you walked me up to the defense, and then I got distracted by Tom Brady's handsome winning face. Man, he is handsome, though. Let's talk about that. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> That's I've got a tweet about that. You got it. There's a there was a plastic surgeon uh, mm-hmm. who tweeted out some things the week before the Super Bowl. Go go find that if you're looking for if you're looking to learn that jaw implants are a thing. You can check that out. I actually threw that out to my girlfriend Tara. Um, I said, "Hey, I think I'm going to get jaw implants," and she said, "You're not going to do that." And I said, "Well, have you seen Tom Brady?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna listen. All I'm gonna say is I could look like Tom Brady. I could get Tom Brady's face pretty much. He looks like he's twenty. Too. He looks yeah, in his twenties. 
He's holding it down right now. I could get, listen, maybe, maybe, what if I get a little cheekbone, little popper, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Get a little, get a little, get a little face lipo. Can we just freeze, freeze some of this out get these cheekbones popping a little bit? I'm going to come back looking like The Weeknd in, uh, yes. in his, his like post-surgery music videos. Did you like The Weeknd's uh, halftime performance? Absolutely. How was I not going to? Uh, I, I, here's the thing. Halftime performances are almost always like not great audio Right. outputs and that was an issue here but i like the weekend i like the weekend's music the weekend becoming more popular doesn't mean that the weekend is no longer good it's all the music was good the show was good the meme was pretty good and then it died immediately which is fine but like yeah i i enjoyed it and also the fact that you know people 20 years older than me on twitter didn't care for it as much as i did should have been the least surprising thing of the day Jordan Foote is a known weekend hater, surprisingly. Um, and and I, I actually, after the Super Bowl, I was listening to some of the weekend, just blaring it in my yeah. AirPods, you know, noise cancellation yeah. on, the deep cuts. And I was like, how do you hate this guy? How, how do, do you hate you, it? How do you hate I, it? I think I, this is something that I, you know, so people ask, like, oh, what's your guilty pleasure? I, I have gotten to the point where I have an impossible time answering that question. Because I think the one point in my life where I have actually matured on some like obvious level is that I'm not embarrassed by things that I like anymore because I like the things. And then secondarily, uh, you don't have to stop liking things whenever they blow up. Yep. Blinding Lights is still a banger. It, I like I listened to that album the night that it came. I think I was up at like midnight, like whenever it dropped and like ready to go. I want to listen to this thing because I really like Starboy and I really, I mean, mm -hmm. it's, you know. His entire back catalog is excellent. I came up along um, with the Hills. Was the, the Hills is a banger. Hills, it I think, is. is the weekend's best song. That's my yeah. hot take. I saw you. Yep. I thought you were tweeting about that. Made yep. me feel good. Made me feel like we had a connection. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, I you can you can have something rise up through pop culture to the point that like you're tired of hearing the the commercials, and I totally understand that. But it doesn't mean that you can't keep liking it. You can have indie music tastes and then also like some popular things. You don't have to like everything that's popular, but if you do, don't pretend like you don't. Right. That's I all. totally agree with you. And I think I texted you the other day. This is now a music podcast, but I texted you the other day and I was like, I'm how come good with that. I haven't heard of Glass Animals? How come this is like, how come no one's told me about Glass Animals? And I heard like yeah. Heat Wave and then I was like, okay, this is an absolute banger. And Tangerine, um, I'm another banger. Uh, they just put out banger after banger. I was really upset that nobody told me that uh, Dreamland, their most recent album, was yep. as good as it was. I had to find that on my own. And I, I had heard – there, there are a couple of songs that you probably had heard before. Um, and I had a couple of friends that, like, you kind of mentioned offhandedly. Like, man, this this Glass Animals album, not not Dreamland, but some of their, their previous ones. Like, or this song or whatever, you know, crushes it. Uh, and then I, I have now gone back in their back catalog some, and it's it's all yeah. great. It's so good. It's such a good vibe, and it's super unique. Also, like I don't, I I don't, I can't think of a whole lot of other, a whole lot of uh, other artists or acts or whatever that like hits that particular vibe. It's nice. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I don't even know what genre it fits into on Spotify, but like sometimes I'll just like play Heat Waves or one of their songs, and I'll just let the radio go. You know how you can yeah. just do like the random ones, and then you that's how you find the best music. Actually, is you search a song you like. You play it, and then you just let the, the Spotify radio play you some, and I just add them to my like songs. And then sometimes I'll be just like driving along down the road, and I was like, "What is this song? Like, when did I add this to my like songs?" But um, that's always how you find the best stuff. Like, you find uh, the best players on the Chiefs. I tried that on was, their that defense, was a, that and was a so Le Legarius Sneed. 
I think this. I think this would probably just be like a very like like a like twenty twenties alt. I guess is what I would probably say. Yeah. The Spotify's like got it. some good little curated playlists that'll that'll open up some open up some some musical pathways for you. Right. Do you want me to talk about the, you... the Chiefs defense? <laughs> <laughs> I we can't we can talk about. I, let me give let me, let me do this. Let me give you a stat on the Chiefs secondary. Okay. Okay. The Chiefs allowed a total of eight receptions for 62 yards to the Buccaneers wide receivers. That. Eight receptions for 62 yards for Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown. And then also the fastest player in the NFL, Scotty Miller. Eight for 62. Now, Gronk had six for 67. Uh, the Bashad Breeland, Mike Evans pass interference would add to that, obviously. And it was Snead who got absolutely cooked on that Gronk, long Gronk touchdown. Yeah. But even with those other factors being acknowledged, that's a pretty nice... Pro- the one thing that I'm a little bit defensive about is the idea that I was going to be wrong or was wrong about... I, I kind of like the matchup a little bit for the Chiefs and their outside... The, the receivers and the Chiefs cornerbacks. Mm. I, I thought it worked out pretty well, and I, and I think that it held up. The issue, though, as we mentioned nine minutes ago or whatever, was that you, you saw them get to a point where the Bucks were able to just have everything happen immediately. Yep. They were forcing linebackers onto the field and it was all Gronk and Leonard Fournette. Like, are you like Leonard Fournette pass catching running back of whatever, uh, in a, in a game that had first round pick Clyde Edwards, Lair and Le'Veon Bell fringe hall of famer, probably not at this point, but, uh, L- Leonard Fournette was the best pass catching running back on the field. Awesome, cool, very neat Super Bowl guys. Um, but they were able to play everything so quickly. You mentioned like the pressures and everything. The the Chiefs front four needs to have more pressures than that. I mean mm-hmm. that I, I think that's easy, especially in the first half. They were not getting on. Frank Clark had two great plays, either back to back or out of like three plays, and then I never heard his name again. Just never came up. Uh, he's had some great playoff stats, but he's been he was really quiet in the regular season this year. Last year he's dealing with some health stuff. Maybe he was this year again. Also, I don't know. Um, but but the, that the pass rush wasn't getting there. The blitzes were not getting there. Everything was happening so quickly. They were able to make everything work so quickly that that I just think to your point about like kind of the the defense feeding off of the offense. Whenever you're able to make the offense play a little bit more of a big shot game, it gives you a better chance to go get to Brady. It gives you a better chance to to play out those matchups on the outside and not just get destroyed three yards, uh, three air yards at a time where Leonard Fournette catches it and then runs for twelve. Yeah, I think we should always... just start with music talk. I feel like I bummed this all out again. I know, but it's okay. I think that that's one of the more frustrating things about Brady's game, right? Is he's done this for a long time, and he's done it for a long time is because he throws it you know, three yards past the line of scrimmage and then the wide receivers run forever. Um, that's been so frustrating with Tom Brady in his career, I think. Even in the, in the, I hate to bring this game up, but the 2018 AFC Championship game was the same way. Um, you know, the Julian Edelman all the way down the field. I remember, yes, I remember it. Rex Burkhead. The, the Julian oh. Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, Rex Burkhead. Yes, I remember the game, Tucker. I'm just making sure that we remembered what game I was talking about. Um, it wasn't a great feeling, and this had kind of a similar vibe, I would, I would guess, to it. Um, it did. That's true. It was a very similar vibe. But disappointing that the Chiefs only scored nine points in the Super Bowl. That was... I tweeted out that I felt bad for neutrals watching that game, like neutral fans, because that was yeah. a bad football game to watch if you just wanted to watch a good football game. 
Yeah, and it seemed like it was going to be such a good football game. <laughs> it just <laughs> right? so wasn't. It just was very much the opposite of a good football game. <sighs> I wanted them to score a touchdown in garbage time at the end before that yep. second pick because I just wanted not to have a stat that, like, Patrick Mahomes' offenses have scored a touchdown every single game except for the Super Bowl. And Patrick Mahomes has never lost a game by, by more than one possession in, in his NFL career except for the Super Bowl. But we have to live with that now. We do indeed. And so we and so it goes. Josh, I appreciate you joining me on today's episode of Roughing the Kicker. If you don't know Joshua's Twitter handle already, at JB Briscoe. You go follow him on literally every form of social media. I love the brand continuity of at JB Briscoe. I have actually taken the same approach in my life and have made everything Good. at Tucker D. Franklin. Um, I have a TikTok that has no TikToks, and I don't think I'm following any other one, anyone other than the Ref and the Kicker TikTok feed. Mm-hmm. I have no way of seeing it because I I don't open the app yep. because I'm just I'm exactly that old. That's exactly how old I am. Which is that I have Twitter running in the background of my brain 24 seven. I'm on Instagram way more than I should. I, here's how old I am. My exact age is watching TikToks that have been reposted to the Instagram Discover page. <laughs> that's exactly how old I am. I think that's really... At J.B. Briscoe and all those places. That's pretty accurate. Actually, On I noticed that I did say on every pro- platform I was um, at Tucker D. Frankel, but on TikTok, I'm Pikachu mixtape. Um, <laughs> so there's that, if you needed that information. Did you see that Post Malone is doing a virtual concert with Pokemon? I did not see with Pokemon. Yes, it's a 25th, it's Pokemon's 25th anniversary, and he's doing a virtual concert with Pokemon for Pokemon's 25th anniversary. Wow. I'm also exactly the right age to be stoked out of my mind for that. There was a time when I was interning with Josh <sighs> at 810 where we played Pokemon Go all the time. Um, there were some Thanks times. For me. I got to catch a few more fire Pokemon to get through the latest uh, event. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Um, Thank you. But that uh, those were the times. Those were the days when you could just walk around without uh, worrying about ramifications. Of Yeah, playing Pokemon from home, Pokemon Go from home uh, has been a tougher. Wow, there are two Charmeleons right here. That's good stuff. I'm going to catch these little spicy boys. They're not called fire Pokemon for nothing. Didn't you do a segment on your show about eating Pokemon? Absolutely. That's what I thought. Yeah, um, I would eat a Jigglypuff in a heartbeat. That's on brand. Um, and uh, you can catch more of Joshua Briscoe's brand on Sports Radio 810. He's the host of Almost Entirely Sports, co-host of Times Ours. Do you have a new Times Ours coming out uh, recently, or are you guys done for the Most season? recent one was mon- was Monday morning. We'll do one again at the top of next week. Gotcha. Um, so you got wasn't, look to look forward to. Yeah, wasn't really sure of your guys' schedule, but it's a great podcast if you like to talk about football and other things. Well, I guess you don't talk on podcast. You talk. But you, I but talk. It, Josh talks, but you don't. You listen to podcasts, like you're listening it's to me. It's sort of a conversation, you know. We try to make yeah. it, we try to keep it conversational. I'll tell you what, here, you know where else you can follow me at JB Briscoe, and then also you can check out the Sports Radio Eight Ten One on Twitch. If you're oh. a, if you're feeling like a little Twitch spice in your life, might be good for you. Um, we're we're streaming AES every night that we have AES. Um, we're streaming it on the Eight Ten Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch channels. But the Twitch has been really excellent. For, for interacting with people. And then also, I'm I'm going to, at some point, whenever we start getting, like, I don't know, whenever there's more reasons to not have AES at night, I'm going to start doing some more uh, some more Twitch streams of my own. So, at JB Briscoe. 
Don't be there a hater. Go. Come follow me. Yep. Like and subscribe. Send me your bits, I guess. Is that a Twitch thing? Check out my OnlyFans. Oh, no. I got a Patreon. I used to have a Patreon. Patreon's how I started this podcast. Did you know that? So I bought this microphone that I'm talking into right now. Wow. Yeah. It, now it's come full circle. Did this show end 15 minutes ago, or did it just feel like it did? I got distracted by Pokemon. <laughs> I think it just felt like it did, but uh, it just popped out. But uh... <laughs> It did. I lost my little Charmeleon. Come back, Charmeleon. But anyway, I think we should end this podcast now. Uh, that this, seems good. Yeah, I think so. So this has been an episode of Roughing the Kicker on ArrowheadReport.com. Go follow Josh on Twitter. Uh, at JB Briscoe is your Twitter handle, right? That is that is correct. At JB Briscoe. There is no E at the end of that. Right. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Just wanted to double check on that. You can follow yeah, me on Twitter um, at Tucker D. Franklin. I'll be back on Monday with an episode, uh, I believe, with Mark Van Stickle, Mark the Overseer. He will join me on Monday's episode. So until then. I'll talk to you on Monday. The Roughing the Kicker Chiefs podcast is a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast brought to you by Almost Entirely LLC in association with ArrowheadReport.com. Roughing the Kicker is hosted and produced by Tucker Franklin, executive produced by Joshua Briscoe, and is available on ArrowheadReport.com or wherever you get your podcasts. For more Chiefs coverage, visit ArrowheadReport.com and follow at SI Chiefs, at Tucker D. Franklin, and at JB Briscoe on Twitter. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.